Live from Beit Shemesh and broadcasted around the world, you are listening to the From Entrepreneur Podcast with your host, Nahum Klegman. Interviews and advice from Jewish entrepreneurs from around the world. Listen, learn, be Masliach. Welcome to episode 13 of the From Entrepreneur. And today I have a fantastic guest who I'm really excited about speaking to, Manny Hoffman from the P-Tex Group. We're going to learn about uh, Manny himself, how he got started. We're going to learn about the P-Tex Group that's been around for about 16 years now, working out of Brooklyn. And then, uh, of course, we're going to talk about the famed LTV conference. And uh, I'm super excited. I've been following Manny uh, for a couple of years now, uh, watching you know his companies, you know, learning from him. And uh, it's really fantastic to have him on board today. So, many of you there? Yes. Thank you very much for having me. Oh, it's a pleasure. It's, uh, it's something I've been looking forward to. And, you know, I myself, it's not, you know, a lot of times I, it's not just for the listeners, as I've mentioned, that when I do these podcasts, it's for myself to learn. So, I'm very excited about uh, bringing you on and uh, conducting this interview. So, but maybe uh, let's start from the beginning. Maybe you can tell us a little bit about what PTEX Group is, and then we'll go a little bit more into your background and, then uh, we'll flush out some ideas and uh, get to the, the summit. Sure. So PTEX Group is a marketing and business service agency. We have four divisions within our company. We have a branding and marketing division that focuses primarily on branding, strategic uh, positioning, and a long-term strategy for marketing uh, businesses and their products. We have a design and print division focused on daily design work and printing. We have an in-house call center that we pick up phones for other companies and a web development team that does anything from information to e-commerce websites. It's really so amazing. We, I mean, it's, you're really like an all-in-one place for any any type of business. Yes. So so we have those four divisions for a reason. So obviously, we have clients that come to us and they're looking for individual services. So only building out a website, only printing, only design, only marketing, and so on and so forth. But mainly, we're focusing on clients that come to us um, and they basically are saying, okay, we are in this position, we need to grow, we need to rebrand, we need to get into new markets, and we will take the company from strategy to the execution. So we have those four divisions, we bring in people from those four divisions where we could do a 360 degree marketing campaign. So just to explain, um, we have marketing campaigns that we do that entails also even we picking up the phones, so we have a better understanding where the calls are coming from, and we get the first responders so we don't bombard um, you know, the, the end user uh, with all those calls. Maybe 50% of them are just asking questions and stuff like that. But just to backtrack is a little bit of, of PTEX in general is companies do great stuff. You know, we have companies from all sides that are doing great stuff. And sometimes they just need to go to the next level. And when they need to go to the next level, it has to start a strategy and you have to be able to go to a firm that has the capacity of being able to do it in a 360 degree angle. Because sometimes you'll go to a design firm, which will look at it from a design perspective. You'll go to a web firm, will look at it from a web perspective. You'll look and so on and so forth. But we, if you come to a marketing agency that has the branding, marketing and the vast experience what in different services that we offer, we bring in people from different you know, teams. And when we strategize, we make sure that it could be consistent. Your, your brand messaging, your brand look and feel, uh, your positioning is consistent across the board. That's really uh, phenomenal and really unique. You don't really see that that often. Usually you'll have, you know, a company that, that specializes in branding and marketing or a specialized web development firm or a special design house and, and printing house. But to do, take all four of these and put them in, in one place. And as you said, so that 
you know, you're not, you know, if someone has, is starting a company or someone has a company and they have to go to one person for branding, another person for uh, call center work, another company, you know, to do a website for them, you know, it, it's so much back and forth. There's so much wasted time here in one meeting. You have the heads of every department there listening to you, learning about your brand, learning about who you are so that you could give them the absolute best service possible. Yeah, and I'll tell you the reason why. It's just not only a unique selling point uh, and meaning to have those services on the one roof. And like you said, it's unique. They're, you don't find it every day. But I'll tell you even more. When we structure a company and we started building our company, we were very much out, or out there understanding what our clients' needs are and really what is the hurdles now in the marketplace. And that's important. That's a business lesson for every person listening out there is wh- whatever you do, even you do a, a, you know, a, something that uh, there is a, you know, a dime a dozen of your services, but understand what is the hurdles and in, in the challenges that people that are your potential clients are facing and see how you could address that. So in our market, just understand is people were very frustrated. Let's say you go to a branding agency that does phenomenal work and there's a ton of branding agencies that do phenomenal work, but ultimately, so you did the whole branding. Now you have to be there out there searching for a web development team. Now you have to make sure that the web development team is up to par with the branding. You just spend so much money on the branding. You have to make sure that comes across or vice versa, or you send something off to print and now the printing is just got batched up and because the designer had in mind some sort of paper stock for that type of design and they didn't, uh, you know, they didn't know about it or leaving that business owner, you know, basically running a whole other business within his business is basically being calling up those different vendors and making sure that, you know, they work with each other or, you know, they call each other to find out details. But if you are able to figure out that and say, tell a customer, we understand your business, we're putting, you know, we are there from strategy to completion and everything in between. Obviously, those clients are much more happier, and the end result looks totally, totally different. I would assume from a budget perspective, it'd also be uh, less expensive. It's definitely less expensive as far as, obviously, just if you count in your time, whatever you could do with your time versus dealing with one company that knows everything. Right. But budget, obviously, is very important. We have to, everybody has to be budget conscious. But if you look at the creative and you look at the end results, that's what counts for a business owner. So, as yes, it's, obviously, it ends up being, you know, you know, budgeted better because you don't have to start all over again when you do all those different steps. Right. You could speak to someone that has all those notes and, you know, in sync and have one, you know, just to, just to understand people sometimes think it's overwhelming working with a company that has multiple divisions how we work and that's also based on client feedback and implementation is you know if you work with us you get account producer uh, you get a one dedicated person that's your account liaison so to speak mm-hmm. and even if we work internally with multiple teams with you as the client get to work with one individual that always knows everything that's happening with your account, no matter which division or which services you're using at that point Fantastic. which also brings up you know you're basically getting a liaison working for you, making sure that whatever you need is being done on a timely fashion and on budget and, and obviously great, great creative work. No, but even just saving on, you know, not having to, as you just said, not having to hire somebody in-house to, you know, to play that role, you know, having the best expertise across all brands and, you know, and just dealing with one person. I think that's phenomenal. Um, yes. How many staff members do you have now? We have um, over 30 in-house. Right. Uh, and then we have a couple of dozen people that we work on a freelance basis. In-houses in Brooklyn, I assume. Yes. Our main team is all in Brooklyn. And then we have certain, you know, since we're involved in so many different aspects, you know, from video to illustration to web programming and so on and so forth. So we have a pool of freelancers we could use on specific tasks. But our core team, the team that works on every single project, there's no project that it's PTEX client project that wasn't done to some capacity in-house, meaning say we could outsource certain pieces of it to right. not outsource freelancers, but I'm saying people that work for us, but our creative team, we meet with you, we do the work, and 
we are very much driven by teamwork. And, and, and I think the, the reason why we give out that type of creative work is because we have a very talented team. I'm Baruch Hashem blessed with a great, great team, very dedicated team, people that really want your success in business. Right. And therefore, we have those brainstorming creative meetings happening between different people and different mindsets. Uh, and that's very important. And more than that is we are geared toward, you know, we have that business philosophy in mind as well. So we understand sometimes people get, go to creative agencies and they look at it only from a creative perspective. Right. Um, we do have that great balance and the great mix. And therefore, Baruch Hashem, we're able to see very many successful projects leaving our doors. Beautiful. And so you've, you've been around for about 16 years now, right? Is that was It's, this it's 15, the- just to be exact, it's about 15 and change. 15 and change. So yeah. was that always the vision of P-Tex, like from when you first started to have these four divisions or did you start with uh, just one of them? And, so, and maybe, and you know, this is probably a good way to go into a little bit of your background, where you came from, where you grew up and, you know, what led to the formation of P-Tex? Sure. So, yeah, totally happy to say, uh, to give you that information. So basically, I always loved creative personally. That means when I had a chance to draw or to play, I usually drew. Um, I used to, you know, I, ha- I had my first business card, uh, believe it or not, at age 14, I made a business card. Wow. Uh, just because I love the printing aspect and the typesetting and, and the graphics and playing around with, at that point, was clip arts and stuff like that. Although I, so that's when we started and I partnered up with, I have a partner, Wolf Eisenbach, which worked in the printing industry. Mm-hmm. So um, he had some experience in that side. And at that point was a shift uh, going from black and white, to, from one colors to black, full colors. And then, so, and then was the first time where, when web was starting to become a platform where people buy. Right. And we decided to, to go into the web business as far as building a website for printing. And our company's mission and vision from the get-go was to servicing our clients' needs and very dedicated in understanding that if our clients see value in what we offer, doing business with you is not, you know, I have already existing vendor or you might have somebody for cheaper and all of those things just don't matter because if they see value, the value what counts. Yeah. And as we started working with customers, we saw that the needs of our customers are just not we're a vendor. We're basically invested in your project. So I'll just give you an example. So let's say a nonprofit executive does a function. So there's a million different things that go into a function from the planning and, the, and, the, and finding the host that do, does the event and the venue and the catering and every, so many details. One of the details is the marketing. And then at that point, it was physically designing literature, physically printing literature, physically mailing literature. And we started seeing that if we're only selling the word, we're selling, you know, we could print your uh, mailer, then the question that comes in is how much does it cost? I'm paying X amount of dollars per thousand now. Could you get it for me cheaper? But if we came in and said, you know, we want to help you out. So what do you mean help you out? Instead of you giving us the job, we'll work backwards. When is your event? How long before does the mailer have to arrive? Who is doing the writing? Who's doing design? Who's your mailing house? And so on and so forth. So ultimately, we became part of that organization's team. And they saw tremendous value because now this executive could focus on important things. He knows that the person in charge of the marketing or the design and the printing will focus on making sure that it gets done on time. So he will pressure us. He needs to have the final uh, review because it has to go to print because it doesn't go to print today. The mailing house is closed on Monday or whatever is, and therefore it won't arrive on time to the event, the function. When you start doing those type of things, people see value. And then word of mouth uh, plays a role. So that's where we started off. We started off on on the printing side. 
we started once we saw that we saw that hey our clients are starting to ask for more services so our clients were saying you have to start doing design work because why should we go to somebody else in design if you're doing such a great job once the design is done get into design so we expanded into design for, uh, the design then interesting story and then that was for a pretty while a couple of years we had a very you know a nice decent sized you know design team and then the printing and the mailing right then came an interesting phenomenon basically it was I had a client that did a brochure. He was in the furniture, custom furniture business. Right. And to make a long story short, um, business was not doing well. Competition was tremendous. You know, you could go now to big box retailers, buy furniture, custom office furniture, and so on and so forth. Right. And he went to a consultant to help him out. And the consultant advised him, how about he makes a beautiful brochure and a mailer to uh, interior designers that do office work and try to make some sort of relationship with those people because sometimes when those people usually have a say where to go, where to order, or at least where to quote. So we were hired to do the, the design of the brochure and design printing and it was back and forth obviously when a consultant is involved uh, you know he times by the hour so it was back <laughs> and forth exactly what we should do back and forth right At the end of the day the brochure came in i remember that day the brochure came in and i wanted to call him finally his brochure arrived and i picked up the brochure i didn't have his cell phone handy it was his 800 number on the back so i called the 800 number of his company and his wife picked up next to the train station after a few seconds he said hello 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 boom and then I got cut off. Oh my gosh. And I was thinking to myself, this guy is now investing a lot of money in, in, so to speak, his last resort on trying to make some sort of relationship with those interior designers. Those interior designers are very busy people. And if they try to call this number and you don't pick up the first time, there's no chance they're going to just keep on calling back and calling back because you sent them a brochure. Right. So when I reached him, I asked him, what's going Like, what are you planning to do? And he started saying, you know, what should I do? I don't have a secretary. I'm not going to hire somebody sitting there only waiting for those brochures, phone calls to come in. It just doesn't make sense. So I, I really felt for that person because that's the DNA of how we structure our company. I really wanted him to be successful. And I actually asked him, how about you have that number ringing, you know, in our office, we have a secretary right. and we'll differentiate it with the system. We'll pick up the phone calls. And if it's something that you need to call back, we'll give you the message. You call back and he says, great idea. And then all of a sudden the next day, I had my, you know, my computer programmer was underneath my desk fixing my computer and his right. cell phone rings. He picks up his cell phone. I, I tell him, Shia, how could you pick up the phone? You're underneath my desk. You can't even focus. You're fixing my computer. He says, listen, let me tell you something, Manny. If it's existing customer, it might be an emergency. I got to pick up. If it's a new customer and he called me from the yellow pages, a business directory, whatever it is. Right. If I don't pick up the phone, he's calling the next person. So I got to pick up the phone. <laughs> so I, I told him, how about we do this service? Because it started having that, you know, that flow of, of chain of thought. How about we do the service that we have? people picking up phones for other companies and we would pick up your phones if it's an emergency we'll you know we'll tr transfer out the call to you you see we call so you know it's an emergency right. if it's not we just take the message we take the problem and you call back as soon as you're out of my desk you know <laughs> it's not it doesn't make sense he says right. many if you do that i'm your first customer not only that offer also accounting you know quickbooks bookkeeping services because i did not bill my clients for a month because i'm running from morning to night fixing people's computer i don't end up doing bookkeeping <laughs> well you do so accounting that, also now yeah, so that's the story, how we started off the call center. And at that point, it was totally like, I, I felt like it doesn't even have a lot of shaykhah, so to speak, it's a lot of connection to what we do in, in, as, as a business. Right. Because it, yes, it was it came through multiple customers that we felt that's the need. Right. But at that point, we had almost, we called it smart staff. It was a standalone business, which we did call center services, picking mm -hmm. up phones for companies, um, doing bookkeeping services, and so on and so forth. And believe it so or you not- you still do bookkeeping services? Yeah, yeah. I'll get, I'll get back to that in a second, but just- okay to give you this chain of, of how we got to our four divisions. Yeah. After that, that was the time when web came in more and more. Almost every customer now at that point needed a web. That I think it was 2006 or 2007, not sure exactly. And we ended up 
having to outsource the development of our website for that call center. Hmm. And we had now beautiful standards and high standards for the design, and we could not get a guy to run, you know, to do a job, a decent job that our creative team would be happy at that point. <laughs> and it was my younger brother, Joseph, which wanted to go into business. And I told him, you're coming to us and you're going to, we start leading a web development team. Um, so he joined our team and he said, you're going to start developing our team because now every, almost every project we do in Printex, at that point, it wasn't, it wasn't even called Printex, I'll get, um, Ptex, I'll get to it. Mm -hmm. So the printing division was called Printex, the call center was called Smart Staff. And then, and then we started a successful web development team working hand in hand with the other, uh, other teams. And then we found ourselves with a company, you know, company after a couple of years, successful Baruch Hashem, a lot of clients and, and successful clients, successful companies, growing businesses. And then we started seeing a shift in the marketplace in general, in the Jewish marketplace, in the, in the, non, in the, in the secular marketplace, where branding started to play a huge role. Companies that for years did not focus anything on branding and marketing, started to shift and understand the value of branding and marketing. At that point, we felt that we are you know, jumping in, understanding, because we had a, a vast knowledge at that point, what the marketplace needs to look like. And we decided we have to have it the separate division because not every job that comes in needs branding and marketing. Some are typical design work. And so we differentiated it and we kept it separate. Mm -hmm. And then we turned ourselves around and we made some strategy conversations, understanding where we are, what we're doing. We found a common denominator that all four services that we're offering are helping growing businesses flourish. We understood that the services we have on hand are not pieces, are not different services. All of them help businesses flourish. And we, at that point, we rebranded. So we took Printex and we made it into Ptex. We took out the word print because right. that was so we did we wanted to stay just a, a marketing tip we had a lot of equity in the name printex because a lot of we have hundreds of clients that at that point that knew our name right we didn't want to go away totally from that name so we basically made up our name and thank god Baruch Hashem, it, it's a brand so it's not that at this point uh, it, it's something already right. and 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 we have the four divisions and now going back to the call center services to answer your question from before yes we do still do bookkeeping services but mostly our call center services are going goes very much hand in hand with the other services so either we have clients that we do catalogs and brochures and we mail out catalogs that where we could pick up the phones and take the orders and making sure that they have that or we have successful marketing campaigns uh, non-profit and for-profit that do marketing campaigns and they're not set up to start putting in forty, fifty thousand dollars in marketing and getting a hundred plus calls a day, they're just right. not set up for that. So we could, you know, have those calls coming to us. We give the basic information. We could take donations. We could buy, you know, could have people buy the products and so on and so forth. Or we could just create a, a list of people that the customer needs to uh, call back. Same thing is we could build the e-commerce website, and if that person is not ready or does not want to have full customer service division, we could help out at least in the initial phases on 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 doing the full customer service for that e-commerce business so the person could be able to buy products, ship products, making sure he gets good pricing, good, you know, um, sends out products, but the customer service part, he doesn't want to be busy on a daily basis, which is part of the branding and the marketing of a, a company to have great customer service. Right. Yeah. Customer service is key. Yeah. So this is a nutshell, the four divisions. And if you wanted to ask me how I got into it, and as you see, most of the services that we added and expanded were in the needs of the customers, understanding and being in the right place, understanding if this is something our clients are needing and it fits in within our vision, then sometimes you have to jump into it. No, I think that's an incredible and important lesson for you know any entrepreneur out there. And that is your decisions, your products were led by the need. And yeah. So, so what I, I always, I like to say that 
there is a I once was in Israel and I went in Gula and I saw you know obviously you're familiar with it Israel and there was there was ton, like there's all these these small kiosks or stores that sell nuts and chocolates and uh, and, and and drinks and so on and so forth right. and on the door of the store it says we don't sell ice cream. <laughs> and obviously, as a marketing guy, I went in right there and I asked for ice cream. <laughs> and the store, obviously, the store owner wasn't that happy. And he said, didn't you see the sign on, uh, outside that we don't sell ice cream? I said, yeah. So that's exactly why I'm inside. I'm asking you, why did he hang up that sign? Right. So he says, well, it's obviously, it's 90 degrees. It's hot outside. And people keep on asking us if we sell ice cream. And I'm sick and tired. I don't have place for it. So I put a sign outside. So I told him, how about if you let them in the door, even if you don't have ice cream, you still sell cold drinks right. and maybe they will take a drink they would take something else. And he says, you know, I, I didn't think that way. <laughs> um, what, I'm, what I'm trying to say with that is that people have to listen to opportunities. Uh, you see so many companies out there, successful, huge, huge enterprises that were in the right timing, listening to opportunities, what's coming up in the marketplace, how the market is shifting. And they came up with products that today they're totally not in the space where they started off, but they had the right people listening to opportunities and knew at what point they want to shift focus. So I'm not saying that every business owner has to listen to every customer asking for every service, right. but when the time is right and the service that comes your way is aligned with what you want to do and what you love doing and what your mission is and your vision is, then ultimately sometimes you have to jump in because that could be your unique selling point um, five years down the road, or that could be your you know bread and butter five years from now. Fantastic. Fantastic. So what is the P-TECH's vision? Like if you had to bring on a new service, what's the next thing or what's the long-term vision for P-TECH's? So our vision at this point is we help growing businesses flourish. First, you should understand what those words mean. There is a lot of young people, entrepreneurs that go into business and servicing startups. There's a lot of people and they don't need the type of services and the work that we do on obviously on the branding side you know on the different services we do offer for that for that market but i'm saying is we are focusing specifically for growing businesses so a company that have some sort of proof of concept looking to get to the next level looking you know his product is out there he's now trying to market it to big box retailers or you know just get it's not somebody that has an idea that wants to get started right and helping them flourish and with the services which we could add our creative juices. So we're not into services just because we're helping businesses flourish. So now we're going to start the janitorial supply or we're going to do payroll <laughs> services. Right. Where we could add anything to the marketing and the creative solutions, we're there for them. So we are expanding in different industries, more product-based, sort of like um, we do now a lot of email marketing, setting up uh, um, automation systems for, you know, marketing automation platforms for companies. Sure. We help uh, with... Obviously, you said you're going to speak soon about LTB, different educational platforms that we could offer for companies. But everything but our core is helping growing businesses flourish. And Baruch Hashem, we had tremendous success in Seattle Deshmaya, and, and we continue to do that on a daily basis very happily. I don't see on your website anywhere, but what, you got, what about social media? So social media and online, I'm, I'm glad you asked that. Social media and online marketing, there are two things that we did not tap in very much, although we do it for ourselves. And we're very, you know, we definitely believe companies have to have presence on social media. And we definitely believe online marketing is a very good platform, like a good tool for businesses to be noticed. And obviously, local search is very popular today. And just in general, um, you know, marketing, uh, marketing online. However, it's very hard. You know, there's a lot of firms out there that offer social media and rightfully so. But I'll, I'll actually pause a second. I'll tell you another, another tip and then it's going to make more sense. Businesses focus, business owners are very much sometimes, you know, 
rightfully so. They do what they do best and they hear some tactics in business and they say, oh, no, I heard this tactic is working. Let me do it for my company. So they focus on the tactic rather than the strategy or rather than the, and, and, and with, you know, in the vision, how much it aligns with the vision. So for a few years, everybody's talking about social media, social media, social media. So you have hundreds and thousands of business owners running to agencies to do social media, mm-hmm. not knowing what the ROI will be. Why do I need to be there? Who of my mm-hmm. clients are there? And, and therefore, spending money, finding ourselves, finding themselves six months, eight months down the road that I paid so much money, social media is not working. <laughs> or online marketing the same. So I very much, we do social media for certain clients that we build the brand and we have the voice and tone of the brand. So therefore we have to make sure that every post that goes out there is with the voice and tone of that brand. But I would recommend uh, a lot of companies, if they're already in the range of spending a lot of money in social media and online marketing, eventually to hire in-house people because they know the company best. And if you need to have your voice, your tone online, it's very important that you have right, that voice. so much voice. more personable. And, uh, and yes. people can read online whether, whether it's a fake tweet or, you know, it's a... Yeah, not necessarily so much as fake as, as just uh, not having real voice and tone what's happening day-to-day in your company. So let's say you mm-hmm. offer trucking services. Not every article in trucking, which is uh, RSS-feeded, has to go on your social media <laughs> profile. Right. But rather, if you could put up something that you created a birthday party for one of your employees or you did something internally that helped the customer... You know, that shows, you know, the realness of that's what social media is all about, to show the realness of the company and the, and the you know, transparency of the company to the world. So I, I'm a strong believer. We maintain all our social, all social media platforms at this point. We do a lot of online marketing and there are companies that can afford or don't need a full time employee in-house. I'm in all favor of hiring an agency to do it, but then you have to make sure that agency does that 100%. In you know, many, it's, uh, it's really a uh, kudos to you because, you know, you had the team, you had the brand, and you had all the clients, and you probably could have made a killing going into social media, but uh, it just shows that, you know, how you choose to do what's best for the business, what's best for your client. And even if that means that you're not going to make the money because they're going to hire someone in-house, but you'll tell them to do that because that is what's best for their business. So yeah. I, I just think that's fantastic. Appreciate that, but uh, to just for, as a full disclaimer, doesn't mean that one day we won't be in that space. But when we will be in that space, that will only if we're going to be able to address what I just said. You know, right. basically understanding exactly how we could have that sync and that mix with the, making sure that the voice and tone is exact what the client needs. And now a word from our sponsor. Do you have a website that runs on WordPress? If you are like me, you want the peace of mind knowing your website is up to date, secure from viruses and hacks, and will always be up and running at peak performance 24 hours a day, 7 days a week. I was also tired of paying the developer hundreds of dollars every time I just wanted a few tweaks to my website or to add a new product to my e-commerce site, but I couldn't even justify paying for even a half-time developer. That is why I became part of the founding team of WP Milk. WP Milk monitors and secures the website and backs it up daily in the cloud using Amazon S3. If your site goes down, we know about it instantly and work directly with your hosting company without you getting involved. Need to add a page to your website? Keep your plugins updated? How about creating a custom form? With WP Milk, you have unlimited email support and site tweaks to always keep your site running smooth and feature rich. For less than $5 a day, you can have your very own professional WordPress team at your fingertips, giving you all these features and much more. At that price, how can you afford not to? You have zero risk with our 30-day no-questions-asked money-back guarantee. So visit WPMilk.com right now and sign up for updates and you will get a special discount on launch. And now back to our show. Right. Just before I ask my next question, just to, to frame it, 
of all your clients, what's the percentage that are, are let's say, from clients and how many are, are uh, like uh, non-Jewish or whatever? So um, I would say that 70% of our clients are from. Right. Obviously, in the branding and marketing division, on the printing and in the other services, we have probably a 50-50 mix. Mm-hmm. But from the 70% of the from market, I would say 50% of those 70 serve as the non-from market. So we have companies that we service that are probably the, the owners and the, the teams are from business owners, but they're servicing the non-Jewish market. So take an example, companies that sell to the big box retailers, um, you know, the Disney's of the world, uh, the B&H photos of the world and so on and so forth, which service the non-Jewish market. Uh, that's probably 50 percent of our clients. Interesting. So what do you think, you know, in dealing with with uh, from business owners, I guess, which is 70 uh, percent of your business? What is um, maybe some of the challenges that a from entrepreneur, or from business owner has? And what are some of like maybe the top one or two mistakes that uh, they make when it comes to branding and marketing? Great question. I like to say this as the following. Let me make that a small disclaimer or, or just the intro to this. Baruch Hashem, I've been working with thousands of business owners of all sizes uh, in the from market for the last 15 years. We're blessed with great talent, great motivation. I like to say that the person that goes to college or, or you know, the, the non-from person that just uh, starts off his life with that direction, he goes in, just gets a job for 30000 50000 60000 and, you know, he tries to go the way up. We I have a motivated, um, um, you know, Klaus is motivated. That means by the time they get into the workforce, they have to make $100,000 in order to be able to cover the living. <laughs> so, you know, our standards of right. living in, in the, you know, and we live, you know, for our kids and family and tuitions and just uh, the cost of living a kosher life and so on and so forth. You know, it costs so much that by the time they want to go into, into business, they need to make a nice living. Right. So what that does to us is motivates us tremendously. And therefore, you have a lot of great businesses, a lot of talented individuals that do phenomenal stuff. I've been blessed to work with people um, without any college degree, could stand up. Uh, and, and sit sit around a round table with CEOs from huge huge you know companies and being able to be you know wow people. Um, so I'm saying we have a great talent. But the other side is because we jump into business because we're motivated to be successful. Uh, a lot of people fail to plan and and plan without you know if you don't plan. You fail if, to plan. If, you, you're planning to fail. Got it. So what what I mean by that is I'm not you know I'm not a strong believer. Sometimes it's necessary, but not a strong believer. Every time you have to have a full formal business plan, you have to give it out for five thousand dollars to do a business plan and a market research and do a ten page or fifteen page or twenty page document. Sometimes right. that's necessary. I very much encourage that when you want to build something and go out for funding, go out to investors. Even if it's your father, if it's a father-in-law or family members, whatever it is, then. Yeah, do the work, do the full business plan. But I'm saying is, I'm talking about the basic planning, understanding what will it cost me to open up the shop, what will it cost me the you know month you know without any customers, what is my upkeep for the month, and so on and so forth. Right. And right. also, so many times I've seen people invest so much money, not even knowing that this technology exists, this app exists, or this website exists, or the services already exist, and so on and so forth. So sometimes you just don't do the minimum planning and understanding. What is it that I want to do? How easy is it, is it for me to make it successful? How many clients do I have to have the first few months in order to be able to be profitable and so on and so forth? Hmm. And what I always say is a lot of people are able to manage to grow their business. Thousands and millions of people around the world are able to manage and grow their business. Right. What's really important. So when I see somebody says, I have success, I sold, you know, I sold in the first month this or that, right. that doesn't, does, you know, obviously it's always good to see success, but 
it's the hard part of a business is managing the growth. Managing the growth is what is important to be able to do. So it means once you already grew your business and now you start getting to the next level, I'm hiring employees, I have to create more processes and more systems, streamline parts of my business. That's the hard part. So the less planning you have in the, in the beginning, the harder it is once you get to that stage because all of a sudden you find yourself and you have no clue what to do next, which reminds me, um, you probably should link it up in the show notes. People should read the e-myth, People in Business. It's from Michael Gerber, the e-myth. Sure. Uh, and that book gives you that concept and that book and then there's a book Built to Sell, great book. And, and, and Is it called which, Built to Sell? Built to Sell, yeah. yeah. So don't get discouraged by the name that it Built to Sell, but it's basically the concept of the book is if you want to sell your business, you have to create it in a way that it's sellable. So even if you don't want to sell it, it's still important to read that book and, and, and do the steps because what happens is you have to be able to build a business that you could take yourself out of the equation. You could create processes and systems that customers could come on and get the full service without everything being around you because when you get to the growing phase and if everything is around you you just you know we have 24 hours in the day 16 are taken without before we start <laughs> so so it's just not possible so you have to create a business with a strategy in place where you're able to grow so that's that's one of the, the the key mistakes i see people having the other part is even if you decide to do something people don't realize that the plan the the strategy what's going to be your unique selling point you know i had a customer not long ago um started in the packaging business actually i'm, I'm sorry it wasn't starting he was already successful in, in the packaging business but he had some rough years and he came to us for consulting and a marketing strategy and i asked him what is the usp he asked me uh, he asked me if i'm uh, we ship ups i said no usp stands for unique selling point and <laughs> and what is your the usp the unique selling point for your company okay. and he tells me we have none there's a dime a dozen we're one of the one of the kids on the block so to speak i said wait a minute wait a minute, wait a minute. you answered that too quickly let's go back and we had a half an hour conversation he started telling me much more details about his company and when he told me so let me give you just an example so just your food for thought for other people listening to this to see how they could do it in their business so he started telling me that our one of our strong points is that we have five different distribution centers around the country so when he started saying, when there was Hurricane Sandy in New York, even though we couldn't use that facility to bring in stuff for, for businesses in Manhattan, but we were able to bring the closest five hours away from that distribution center packaging supplies to our customers. And he wanted to tell me a case study how we did it. It says, let's take this one piece of information. So when somebody sells packaging supply and he goes to a guy on 13th Avenue, tells him, I want to sell you boxes and tape. Let's say. So you have to convince the person why they should buy from you. So if you walk into the street and you tell this person, I want to sell you packaging supply, the only reason you want to buy from you at this point is I already have a vendor. So the only reason is, okay, this is what I, I pay per box and this is what I pay per roll of tape. Could you give it to me cheaper? Right. Okay. But if you go to a Macy's or if you try to get a, a meeting with the company that has uh, stores around the, around the country and you tell them, you might be dealing with a company in one of the states. If you deal with us, the advantage of dealing with us is we could get stuff quicker to you because we have multiple distribution centers. Or you don't have to stack that much because in two hours notice, we could have boxes by you because we have them sitting in stock in our five um, distribution centers. Right. How much different does that conversation go if you turn it from just we sell boxes and tape versus this is what we have, this is our unique selling point, and this is why we're different from anybody 100%. else and this is what we could do for you. But not only does it give you a, a USP, 
but it also gives you clarification of if you have salespeople, who did they should go after? We have a challenge. Businesses, you know, when you hire salespeople, and I love that question, and sometimes even ourselves, we're also, some, you know, our own salespeople, we have to do checks and balances. But you ask a salesperson, who's your target market? Who's your customer? Anybody could buy from us. And, <laughs> and the real truth is anybody could buy from you. Right. But if you if you do that approach, what happens is you go online, you do your cold calling, and you call 100 people. From that 100, 70% of people just knock down the phone and don't answer your call. Right. And what happens is you get frustrated, and then you say, oh, I'm not successful in what I do. But if you would do a little bit of planning, understanding, okay, let's take an avatar. Let's take five successful customers that we're very proud we service. Let's see how those customers look, what are the needs are, and how we're filling their needs 110%. Now, let's see who is matching up to that criteria, and let me make, instead of 100 calls, let me only make six calls today, but to the right people. Right. And from that right people, if you get one client, A, you have a good sales pitch because you know how to address address their challenges because you know somebody similar that you address their challenge. And second right. of all, you have much more chances he should want to buy from you and not only competing on price. You know, this is actually, it's a fantastic lesson and actually uh, will lead us right into uh, talking about the LTB Summit because I see they have Michael Port is uh, one of the speakers. And, uh, you know, Michael, you know, he always talks about the red velvet uh, rope. Mm-hmm. Right. You may as well deal with the choose the customers you like to deal with, the ones that you could best service, the ones that you want to work with every single day. And if you're able to, you know, pinpoint who it is your customers you'd like to work with the most, then you're going you know, to do your best work. You can always be motivated and you'll always be successful. So mm-hmm. uh, I think it's phenomenal that you're getting uh, Michael to speak. And let's talk about the LTV conference. Uh, just, you know, when did the idea come from it? The LTB Summit, I should say. I know this is uh, your third year you're doing yes. it? Yeah, the third year. So how did the idea come about? Um, it must have been crazy that first year trying something new, trying something different for market. And I just want to say right off the bat that the website is one of the most beautiful websites I've ever seen. Thank you. So professionally done. LTBSummit.com. I'm going to put in the show notes also. But I just keep going back to the site and it motivates me because it's just gorgeous. In Thank you very every much. Single page, every single way. It's really a phenomenal site. I show it to people when I want to show somebody a site. I say, check out this site just in terms of design and brand and colors and uh, everything it is. So that, that's a phenomenal job. But let's really let's appreciate back, uh, it. Kudos, you know, kudos to, our, to our marketing and the creative team. Um, they get the credit for it. <laughs> well, they did a phenomenal job, really phenomenal. Yes. Absolutely, I agree. And so LTB Summit. So first of all, what is LTB? LTB stands for Let's Talk Business. For the last, I would say, 12 years, as I was seeing a need in the marketplace of educating business owners, I'm a strong believer on educating versus selling. I've been sending out email blasts on a biweekly basis in a, in a series called Let's Talk Business. Phenomenal stuff. Most of it business-related, nothing to do with the services we offer personally. Uh, it's more of being there, trying to service the community and helping businesses because I love seeing business owners succeed. I think everybody stands a chance. Everybody should be motivated to try. And if you try very hard, um, you are able to be successful. And I, you know, this is a, a Jewish uh, podcast. I just want to throw in something which is very important. They once asked somebody, one of the Gedolim at Yisrael, we have something called the Minna, we have something called Betochen, and then we have Ishtadlis. And we always mix the, those three up. And when should we use what? So Great he question. said, <laughs> so he said, just on that subject. Yeah. So he said, he answered, um, 
What happened yesterday, you have to have a minna. Whatever happened is for you good. You have to have a token. What's going to happen tomorrow? Today, a person wakes up, you have to be shtadlis. And whatever we do in business, so I, do, I just don't want to confuse it because Baruch Hashem, I was be blessed with a tremendous miyatadish in a lot of the actions that we do. And and in LTV is one of them. But people always say, you know what, maybe we we're overreaching to our shtadlis. I think it's important that we get educated and we get the right information, what's out there, to be able to do our shtadlis part, you know, well enough that it's a bicycle, so Hashem could send the right the right uh, um, results to us. So I just want to confirm that people understand that th- on that basis we built LTB. So it's not the uh, the other way around. So LTB is left for the following. So I like to say when something hurts you, a person uh, not hurts from you. Somebody hurt something hurts for a person, he ends up going to a doctor. Right. Something hurts your business, you end up trying to go to a marketing firm, trying to throw some money to fix the problem. Mm-hmm. And we have seen this time and time again for years already, where people come and they challenge us, they come with their challenges, and they think marketing will fix the problem. Like the story I mentioned before with a packaging guy. Right. He thought he's going to do marketing, and therefore his sales will pick up. But then sometimes it's clarity, understanding, and therefore you don't even need marketing. Yeah, you might need marketing, you might need positioning. I'm a strong believer in that. But we had a story a couple of, um, um, you know, before we started LTB, uh, just a typical story. We had a company, a very successful company, and for 30 years, very successful. In the last three, four years, so they basically went a little bit down the drain, and they came, they need marketing. They want to sales literature and stuff like that. And I asked them, and I asked them, you know, it worked 20 years. What happened? And I realized two parts. First yeah. of all, his existing salespeople are not motivated anymore. They're a little bit burnt out. They don't get, you know, the motivation in-house because people are busy, 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 and right. they don't get that motivation. And then he was expecting from the junior salespeople walking in the door to be at the same level at his current salespeople, which have 20 years of knowledge and experience. And when you have 20 years of knowledge and experience, it's not only the knowledge and the experience in selling and being in the marketplace. It was a totally different ballgame selling 15 years ago. It was getting that relationship. And once you had that relationship, it was there to stay. Today, it's much harder. People are exposed to competition. People are exposed to a lot of uh, a lot of other companies out there. You don't have to be that local in order to buy buy that you once had to be. You have to um, today. You communicate way more on white color, meaning to say emails and in, in, in conversations versus once upon a time, no matter what, you walked in and he needed you more than you needed him. So I asked him those two questions. So I asked, I went back to the business owner, asked him, what did you do the last few years or to motivate your existing salespeople. What did you do to ex- your current salespeople to get them training to be up to par and start doing being successful? Have you created goals with them? Have you created a strategy how they could you know, accomplish those goals and so on and so forth? And the answer was zero, none. And, and so on and so forth, I've seen so many people that are so motivated to do success and they just don't have the clarity on basic stuff. Should it be accounting? Should it be marketing? Should it be understanding? Like even social media, you mentioned before, understanding what is that hype about social media? How could I make it successful? You know, How could I make sure, is it worth my time? Yeah. Leadership skills. People start employ- uh, hiring employees and they have no clue how to delegate work to them. Mm-hmm. Multitasking. Last year we had Dave Crench about multitasking. This year we have um, Avi Singer, which is going to be a part prioritization. We have so much going on, you know, just a quick thing, you know, just even on inbox, you know, works the, the, the opposite way. We always get the latest emails on top. So whenever right. we go back to our emails, we keep on going from the top. We, we forget people waiting from two days ago for a response <laughs> on the bottom. I'm saying you is... Know, you should know just for fun, every now and then I'll go back to my... I have like 2,000 emails that are still waiting for me to read. So every now and then I'll go back to something from like three or four years ago and respond. 
<laughs> just say, hey, I'm just catching up with my emails and cool. really throws so, it for a loop. But. Yeah, so what I'm saying with that is, so that's something that it's basically you go for a refreshment, you go to a conference, you go to a meet. So a lot of our business owners will send their people for to trade shows because they want to see what is other companies selling out there. Could we get another product to offer and so on and so forth? But they don't go to conferences for, for strictly educational purposes. And myself, I could, you know, I could contribute a lot of, besides a lot of Seattle de Shemaya, to a lot of success where, because I mingle with a lot of successful people. I go to conferences. I try to make new connections. I try to see who's there, who are the people that I want to meet over there. And I made, within the 15 years of business, I've made a lot of, a lot of good connections, people that led to a lot of successful ventures and a lot of good tactics in marketing and sales and so on and so forth because I go to conferences. So I felt a couple of years already that there's a huge need in our community, in the Jewish community, to create a conference that is strictly geared towards the Jewish business owners. What do I mean by strictly geared? Understanding what we need in our, you know, to be able to be successful and also making sure that the speakers that we bring, bring value. So there's a, if you go to a lot of conferences out there, a lot of motivational speakers that are basically telling their life, life, you know, the child life story, story right? and so on and so forth. But we are looking for motivated individuals that want to go away from a conference and I want to implement something tomorrow. Right. So sifting through the best speakers out there, what I, you know, really, if you look at our lineup, just to put things in perspective, you mentioned before Michael Port. Michael Port and, and, and John Jench from Duct Tape Marketing, those two do an event the end of July. They charge $10,000 entrance for that event. And they just, select Just it. go to their events. Yeah, it, to wow. that event that they're doing, it's a, like they take 25 people for a three-day event, whatever it is, and they charge 10000 So just to, to bring you, you know, to, to show you what type of lineup we have. So what I feel is LTB, uh, so therefore we created this LTB Summit. So LTB Summit is more than an event. Uh, it became a movement in the community. We have seen since we started in 2013 LTB other people just copying and doing similar stuff. And, and I'm very happy for it. I mean, to say because the movement of education and business became something that people are paying attention to. Really? I've, I've been speaking in different companies. Uh, they call it LTB minis. So companies will call me in, have me, you know, yesterday I suggested another speaker for a company where people are focusing more in their own companies and giving them more education, more sales training, and so on and so forth. And it became more of a movement that Jewish business owners are starting to realize the success of if they motivate their employees, how much more they could get out of it. You should know, Manny, this is exactly why I do this podcast. I've, I've been doing uh, consulting for a number of years, and I find that 90% of what I tell somebody can be applied to everyone else. And mm. there is just a lack of, of education out there. You know, and this is fantastic stuff. And this, this is what motivates me to keep doing these podcasts because education is key. You know, there's so much knowledge out there and it could be just, you know, one tweak or one piece of information that can totally revamp your business uh, that you may not be aware of. So, you know, for you uh, spearheading this movement, I think it's absolutely fantastic and, and so needed. Yeah, so, Baruch, Hashem, uh, Baruch Hashem. And we had tremendous success. A, it's, a, you know, I have to give credit to where credit is due for a lot of those uh, sponsors that helped us put up this event. And we, mm -hmm. it cost us, you can imagine how much it costs to put up sure. such an event. It's done very high, high end professional. It's a full day conference. And, and Baruch Hashem, we have uh, over 90% return of those sponsors year number three. And uh, with wow. some, and this year we actually got some, na you know, basically national brands that tried, you know, to come 
be part of this event that means it shows some value for the outside world that this is a platform where successful business owners, Jewish business owners come together. But what motivates me, to be honest where with you... Where do people, just to break in for a second, where do people come from? Is it mostly New York, New Jersey area? So we have, you know, obviously we every year in the past we had a couple of people even coming from Israel. From Israel. Uh, we have people coming from different, uh, you know, Canada. Um, yeah, last year we had even somebody came from England. But obviously our home base is still the, the tri-state area, New York, New Jersey. And that's the basis of it. And mm-hmm. what motivates me uh, to do it, although it's it's very hard work, it's a lot of lot of uh, hours and long nights to get sure. it, everything up and running. It motivates me the the progress and the success what I see and what I hear all year long. What people have done with the information they learned, how many companies transformed by doing other other things internally because what things that they learned. That motivates me to just to to drive this uh, forward. Amazing, amazing. Let's just talk about a couple of the other speakers you have. You have Brian Scudamore. How do you pronounce the name? Yes. So he's the CEO of 1-800-GOT-JUNK. The reason why we brought him is also to a different perspective. Basically, we wanted to do a CEO panel and bringing a, you know, a company that's known out there. Not sure how much in Israel, but 1-800-GOT-JUNK is… <laughs> I uh, heard of them. Okay, so when we were looking for a CEO, just understand, you know, what effort goes into it. So obviously, there's a dime a dozen of CEOs, successful CEOs that we could bring. And we were looking for somebody that went through every single step and every single struggle that everybody in this audience goes through on a daily basis. So Mm. not somebody that had a technology idea that was able to be successful or Mark Zuckerberg or somebody that built an app and was very successful, bought off by Google and so on and so forth, or or the same, even real estate. We didn't somebody that was very successful in real estate. We were looking at somebody that started off with his own two hands and a dump a dump truck in his corner, collecting garbage himself, wow. and was able to build this into a brand and a few hundred million dollar company. Now has hundreds of employees and three, you know, in, in all, all parts of the world. He actually built other companies now. Uh, he has now, people are not familiar with what uh, We Move You and One Day Painters, which is a similar concept in different spaces in the home remodeling business, and but mm-hmm. built the same foundation that he built 1-800-GOT-JUNK, but it's showing how much hard work and, and now it's a franchise. So you could see a lot of success. At one point, he mentioned to me on the phone call, he had to fire, you know, he had 11 employees, I think it was, and he actually fired the whole company. He came oh, into wow. the room and he said, you know what, I'm not ready to build this to a $100 million company yet. I need to make go back and replan it and so on and so forth. So it's not about you. It's about me not being ready. And, and he said, unfortunately, uh, we're going to close shop. He closed shop. He started all over again. Wow. Yeah. So that means... That type of leadership could share a lot of his struggles, his back and forth, uh, his successes, and and what he goes through with the audience. So we made sure, again, aligned with our mission, what type of, like, we know that business is not meant to be easy, and therefore we want to give you the information people that... Ezra, Ezra Firestone? As of Firestone is a phenomenon, Baruch Hashem, we got him. He runs uh, mastermind groups for Amazon top sellers, uh, very successfully. Very in, And today we know a lot of people are in the Amazon space and online space. And he, so even people are there very successfully, he'll shed some light how you could be even more successful with Amazon and also how you could get out of Amazon, meaning to say, other platforms you could build your empire out of Amazon or even other platforms that could build your Amazon business. And he's going to share share some great insight. Obviously, we have him only for one breakout session an hour, um, right. but he has a, a ton of information. People spend also $10,000, $15,000 to attend his masterminds. So, wow. so that's going to be a great addition to the people that are more in the Amazon e-commerce space and they might not, you know, looking for marketing tactics and so on and so forth, but they want specific information that's, uh, that 
It's related to their Amazon business. Right. And Charlie Harari, of course, uh, most Charlie is amazing. With. He's always amazing. Uh, he, um, he just, he's just a phenomenal speaker. I just could listen to him for hours. Yeah, so we're happy that he's he's our MC for the third year. He has his charismatic touch to it. He makes sure last year he opened up with a beautiful Svasemis, which was great for the audience. Um, no, he's great, and he's gonna be actually interviewing as well the one the CEO one eight hundred got junk. And so so yeah, so we have a great lineup. We have the launch pad at the end of the day. Yeah, I wanted to talk about that <laughs> a little bit because that's uh, that sounds like a lot of fun. Yeah. Um, so 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 let me tell you about that. Yeah. And you have a special host for that as well. Yes. So the Launchpad is, again, became a staple addition to the LTB Summit. And the reason why we did it, not only because Shark Tank is very popular and millions of viewers all around the world, I think personally that the Launchpad has tremendous am- amount of knowledge that you can learn to grow your business. Mm-hmm. So le- le- let me just, before I say that, I want to give another tip and another piece of information and advice, Please. which sometimes it's not, people don't, it's not the obvious, is thinking out of the box. Meaning to say, when I go to a conference and I learn, first of all, I have the attitude that even if I travel two hours and I flew in uh, and I spent some money to attend and 80% of what the speaker said, I know already, but just even learning it again and seeing what I could tweak it or that one thing that I learned at the end that I could implement tomorrow, it's worthwhile. Sure. People sometimes get say, oh, I know this stuff already. I'm doing it halfway. So guess what? Pay attention because you never know the details that person's teaching you that you could take something out that you could do tomorrow in your company. Right. That's the first thing. The second thing is thinking out of the box. You know, it's very hard, especially like at a conference like LTB or any, even this podcast, people listening it. It's very hard sometimes to say, and the first thing a business owner says, oh, my company is different. My clients are different. Right. And it ends up, you know, he's, he's not receptive on getting information and learning information because he feels that his company is different. When I go to conferences and I hear people speaking, my thinking tank is, is there saying, what did he just say? It's not applicable 100% to my business, but how could I take this marketing tactic and make it happen in my business, in my setup, in my way of doing business? So sometimes it's retail to wholesale, wholesale to, to service, service to product, whatever it is. So every business is different. So you need to think out of the box. So going back to the launch pad, the launch pad gives you that capabilities because you hear two sides of the coin. You know, you see the people present. Just briefly, what is Launchpad just for those listening? Sure. Is so this, Launchpad is, is we have five investors. We have people coming up, asking, pitching their business, what they're applying, what they're doing currently and, and why they need funding. In return for the funding, they're looking to give away equity partnership in their company. And then they goes back and forth with investors, asking them. So it's talk. like a live shark tank, basically. A live shark tank. And there's two reasons why a person should want to go up there. One reason is he just needs funding. He needs to get to the next level. He has, has he doesn't have access to any other cash right. and looks and looking for funding. The other reason is partnering. Sometimes you, every person has to know their strengths and their weaknesses. And sometimes you just need a shark. You need somebody in that caliber that has connections, has access, has friends, has good connections that could get you to the next level. Or sometimes right. it's just another brain that has experience that could tell you, don't do it this way, do it that way, and so on and so forth. Right. So there's, those are two reasons. And sometimes it's a combination of both. Sometimes it's it's either or why a person should want to come on such a panel and, and pitch to those investors. Who are the investors you have on board? So we did not announce the, this year's investors yet, but uh, we, we get a good, usually a good, good lineup of investors and we get a good mix also because depending on the people that submitted applications, we get a feel of what type of businesses they are. So mm-hmm. when we get investors, we have investors that are geared towards technology, you know, some of them more traditional businesses. So we have to make sure that we bring the right healthy mix for those investors that could address, you know, that have potential investing in those applications that we selected. Right. And the host of the Launchpad is Professor Sean Wise? Yeah. So Sean Wise 
was the Dragon's Den was the initial, the first show that did this type of setup, like the Shark Tank. And Professor Sean Wise was one of the people that founded that show in Canada and worked with the entrepreneurs to getting them set up and ready, for, you know, to be able to pitch those investors. Oh, so he's perfect. And this is, he's like the yeah. guy. Yeah, so he, he, I think he mentioned in his video that he put out for us, he helped uh, over $2 billion of investments in his career. Wow. So he had a lot of experience and we're bringing him to even you get it more excited. So obviously he's going to speak in the first few minutes to the audience explaining what a good investment looks like and when a person's ready for investment, when he's not ready for investment, what are the do's and don'ts. And then he's going to moderate the actual panel because the reason why we're doing this panel, yes, it's great satisfaction. A guy that in 2013 got $500,000 investment to a $3 million company that could oh, wow. proudly say he just Who's gave it. Ellie Rosenblum, which is um, FR Conversions that pitched on, on the launchpad in 2013. And, and now two years later, they went to half a million to uh, three million in business? No, no, no. He he was at three million when he asked for another half a million of investment. Oh, okay. He went 2013 to 2014 to 50 million. Wow. In 2014 to 2015, he proudly gave an interview this week for one of the newspapers locally, and he said that he's up to a $100 million company. Wow, amazing. Yeah, so but he had a tremendous amount of Shiatashimaya, great timing for his product. But to bring it in, put it in perspective as far as investment purposes, mm -hmm. this guy came on, on stage had his numbers to the T, knew exactly what he wants to do with the money, knew exactly why he needs the money. When the investors asked him, why don't you go to a bank? He gave the right reasons. And there was, you know, everybody on the, in the audience, you know, at least 10 people came to me after the event that if he needs an investment, I want to invest in this company. Wow. And then, so what I'm trying to say, the Launchpad is a great, great platform for people in the audience to just watch what's happening. The people that are very prepared, the people that know what they're doing, how easy it is for them to get money versus those people that don't, don't come home. Obviously, everybody prepares, but doesn't know the fact, doesn't know his plan, doesn't know the details, what he's going to do with the money and so on and so forth. And therefore, the investors get skeptical. So you could learn from that part. And the other part is you could also learn from those investors what type of questions they're asking because they're asking great questions and almost every question they're asking could apply to you and your company or even as an employee. We didn't mention that enough. The event, we have Tremendous amount of business owners coming with their employees. The whole team is coming and they bring their teams and they give them that one day of, you know, building, you know, helping them, you know, grow in their own careers and so on and so forth. But you learn negotiation. You learn what type of questions a business owner needs to know. You learn what is important for an investor. What's the important part of a, a business? You know, we always say not every idea is a business. Not every business is an idea. People think, I have an idea. I want to do this. Not right. every, it's a great idea. It's not a business. And then it's vice versa. You have great business. It's not a, a new idea. It's a typical business, but I do it better. I do it different and so on and so forth. Right. And therefore, there is room for success. So the, the, the Launchpad is a, is a great platform. It's a great addition to the whole event. Uh, you know, Baruch Hashem, we got a lot of applications and the problem now is we have to narrow it down to three or four. Wow. And then this year we added also um, a networking hour sponsored by Herzog Wines, mm -hmm. or Wine Herzog, which they're going to do some tasting. But we added based on the feedback of people that it's summer and people are not in that rush and they want to have an extra hour where they can network. So we'll be able to just stay there and just network on different topics. We'll have people inquire which topics they're interested in networking and then finding the right peers to, to network. Phenomenal. Yes. So, what, so, so people sure. can't make it to the show 
I assume like if they're out of the country or they're just too far away, you're recording, I assume, all these sessions and people have access to them? So the first thing is people that can't make it to the show, the first thing is at least join the mailing list. I think you get a lot of information throughout the year for this event that we push out, good content, good educational pieces. So just join our LTB mailing list. It's ltbsummit.com. Find the mailing list on the bottom of the page and just join it to get the information. Yeah, I'll link to it in the show notes. Sure. But we do record everything, all the sessions, and then a few weeks after the event, we do sell a limited amount of access to those videos. Um, a lot of those speakers don't give us unlimited access. So because, oh, you know, yeah, because a lot of the speakers are high paid speakers and part of their fees is the royalty fees and so on and so forth. So we we are limited. But if you are on the mailing list, when we announce it, uh, you should be able to get the, those emails about it. And this year we are going to launch some new products to LTV, which is more year round membership programs where people could join different events which not everything is happening in person it's more of a you know getting you know webinars on a regular basis and then meetups and so on and so forth excellent fantastic all right man this has been absolutely incredible really just such a wealth of knowledge and thank you for sharing it with our listeners so mm. much to learn from uh and very exciting stuff i mean my, my blood is pumping just uh speaking about ltb i think it's you know a fantastic event so really kudos for putting it together kudos on everything you've been doing with ptex group and you know obviously your heart's in the right place and uh you should continue to have that tremendous and thank i want to thank you very much for uh, joining us on the show thank you for having me all right we'll see you again all the best thank you Thank you for listening to the From Entrepreneur Podcast with Nahum Kligman. We hope you learned something valuable and will share this with your friends. For show notes, archives of previous episodes, and more information to help you start and grow your business, please visit our website, www.fromentrepreneur.com. Listen, learn, be Masliak.